Are you unsure how to make the best use of social media content and outbound messaging, using them as a real powerful tool to build connections with people? Not many people do, and that's why I've got my guest today to show you exactly how to do that so you can create more leads, more sales, and best of all, more authority in the marketplace. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use their stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday, hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Let's get into today's guest, Joshua Beadley. I want to call. I want to read out his bio. I really like it, actually. It's he says they call me the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn, and I'm proud of that nickname. I'm an entrepreneur, business owner, author, coach, marketer, and a very blessed husband and father. Way back in 2003, I built my career in online marketing with clients like MySpace. I'm laughing because this is MySpace and Google with advertising spends of over half a billion dollars, which generated over 35 trillion online impressions for these companies. I've been lucky enough to build 16 companies in my career from online marketing to coaching to web design and more, but that's not my real passion. My real passion is creating lasting, meaningful, and most importantly, human connections. I've created standard authority so I can work with entrepreneurs like you to help humanize your professional or company brand on LinkedIn using authentic, inspirational engagement with your clients or audience. I think it's one of the most important things anyone can do in the business is to truly build long-term and lasting relationships that flourish. I genuinely believe there is no B2B or B2C, just human-to-human connections. And I want to show you exactly how to do that. Well, that is exactly what you're going to learn on today's podcast. Okay, now you know who you're talking to, Josh. He's very well qualified to come and talk uh, on the podcast. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the podcast today. It's going to be all about creating that social media content, you know, how to do outbound marketing properly, so like going inside the DMs and, and not being a sleazeball, um, a whole bunch of other really good stuff just for creating authority, creating human connections, and you know, as a result of that, leads and sales. So I hope you enjoy the podcast today with Joshua B. Lee, and yeah, let's get straight into it. Hey, welcome to Storytelling Secrets. I'm Jules Dan, and I'm, ho- I'm here with my guest, Joshua B. Lee from Standout Authority. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about not B2C, not B2B, H2H marketing. Very curious to dive more into that. Josh, I'm going to call you Josh today. How's it going? <laughs> That's all right, Jules, man. It's, it, it's good, man. I can't complain. It's, uh, it was a sunny day here in Austin, Texas. So, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm now on a podcast with you talking to the world. So it's, uh, I can't complain at all. Yeah, sunny day. Wasn't it snowing and like stuff was freezing and stuff like that not too long ago? It, it took our entire economy down here in Texas. You know, we used to be able to say, you know, oh, we're in Texas. You know, we could yeah. we could be our own country, but uh, not yeah. if it snows. Yeah, that's that's mental. <laughs> we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, I haven't spoken to anyone from Texas that time. Was it actually like the world was going haywire and you couldn't get water and stuff like that? It was bad, man. We were out with we were without water for about four days. 
Um, yeah, crap. Water lines froze. Uh, I, we had a lot. We had some friends that come came and stay at our house because they were without power for a couple of days. And I mean, it was you know, this is like a normal day in Canada. I mean, truly, yeah. it, it was like, it was like negative five. It wasn't That's, like, you know, crazy, but we had so much snow, so much in it. I think they said the longest we'd ever had was like 68 hours below zero. And this was like 138 hours or something like that straight. So, yep. you know, for us Texans that are here, we just weren't equipped for it. It's so that's just kind of through it through. I mean, I even had a thing with my son, man. I mean, the, the Saturday before it all happened, I had to take him into the hospital. And honestly, I couldn't even mm. be able to get doctors or anyone on the phone that whole next week because they were without power too. So it, it truly shut down the entire, you know, most of the state. That's, that's, it's crazy. And it, like people just totally caught off guard. Just it's probably not happened in their lifetime. Has that happened in your lifetime before? No, man. I mean, they said the last time this has even come close to happening was like 60 years ago. So I'm 42. So, you know, it hasn't happened in mine. And these are the things, right? I mean, but this is the whole piece. I was still able to, you know, hey, I had had internet. I was still kind of getting online. I was having fun on Clubhouse and things like that. But we just kind of hunkered down, man. And this is, but, you know, what I saw, Jules and everything like that was, you know, humans coming out and being able to connect with other humans. You know, that's what you were talking about, man. I mean, we weren't trying to depend on anyone else, the state, anyone else trying to be able to help us, the country. It was really neighbors helping neighbors and how we actually did that. And, you know, they, it totally kind of shows why everything I do online as well, too. It's just about being able to connect with other humans. That's yeah, it's the a, only way we can do it. Exactly. And that's, that's something I really want to talk about today is just, yeah. you said, just building that human connection that we've just seemed to have forgotten because I don't know, maybe it's been a bit more distance because of COVID. Um, but I, I really would like to hear a little bit of your, your cliff notes backstory. Cause I read through your LinkedIn profile. Um, you said you had something like, like 20... don't give me that long of a story. <laughs> well, you know, some people waffle on too long. It is a storytelling secrets podcast, but it's not the bedtime story podcast. Oh, I get <laughs> it, man. I, I see it all the time. Jules, Here's, here's the cliff notes of, yep. so, so wait, you want, you don't want me to go back in and tell you how I started selling candy out of my locker back in grade school and then kind of work my way up from there. Well, you can, you can skip over the, some of the, the details <laughs> to just speed it up, you know? No worries, man. I'm just joking around. Yeah, and yeah. People are like, okay, so I was born and then I kind of went in now. <laughs> These are the things, right? I mean, I, I was kind of blessed and cursed, man. I started back in like 2002, 2003. Um, in the online ad space, I started yeah. working with companies having clients like MySpace, Google, Yahoo, back well, back then it was Overture MySpace. before they became Yahoo, and monetizing that traffic. Yeah. Built multiple different companies in that space. Um, one of the biggest things that I learned was the fact that I was actually going by someone else's definition of success, which was all around money. People defined me as successful. Mm-hmm. I ran multiple companies. Um, I had everything that I needed. Uh, but at the same time, I was unhappy and gotten out of shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my relationships were monetary and I had no vision about where I was going. I just knew where I was at. And it was all about the money. And I went through a full reset of my life, you know, about six years ago where, you know, look, I, I went through a divorce. Um, I walked away from everything to be able to kind of hold on to, you know, my sanity and my time because I value my time over any amount of money because I can always make more money, can't make more time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of reset and that's where I am now. And it's, I got away from just monetizing the world because I did that really well to how do I engage with the world online and draw them in to educate, inspire and draw them in 
other than actually having to sell them. And it's a much more, it's amazing how much my message is getting out there, what I can do and how I can show people what we've all forgotten. And honestly, I had a slight hand in since I was kind of there in the beginning with MySpace and helped them design some of the first social media ads that we yeah. use today. So it's, it's been a, it's been a trip. So you're combining the best of both worlds of actually one, knowing how to bring in a customer monetizing, but also the part that everyone seems to neglect, like you just said, was the engagement part and bring them into your brand. So it's actually more like a community than just some transactional relationship. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious to know what was that shift? Um, where was that moment when you realized, look, I've done everything I've wanted with the success that everyone tells me, but it's time to actually shift to what I feel was, like is more so satisfying. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, it was a, it was a, it was a point I had reached in my life. I just truly wasn't the person that I had, I had meant to be. It just, it wasn't happening. I remember going in, I had my son 11 years ago, almost 12 now. And I wanted, I, I moved from my office to the house because I wanted to be that active father that was always there. And one of the things that I realized shortly after, just because I wasn't happy with my own life, I always had my office doors open because I felt like if I couldn't say anything in front of my son, even as a child, probably shouldn't say it anyway, right? Mm. It probably wasn't, wasn't what I want to be able to impart wisdom on, you know, my next generation. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, because of how I was feeling about my life with my relationships, with everything like that, those doors shut. And that office not only became a sanctuary for me, but became a coffin where I would stare at the wall for eight hours a day, contemplating life. Like if I should be on this planet or not. And that's where I finally yeah. made a choice that I said, look, I've got to be able to do better and be able to do not only for myself, but for the world. And I've got to work with other people. And it was that, that realization, other people, because that's what it wasn't was. They weren't dollar bills. They weren't, they weren't money signs. They were actual real people. And we had to be able to learn how to be able to build those relationships that took me to the next place. Okay. So that, that was the shift that you had. Um, that's your epiphany moment. And then how did you go about and take action to make that your reality? Yeah, man. I mean, once I kind of started going into it, it was, I, you know, I went through a divorce reset. I mean, as I said, and I was sitting at 36, you know, when you walk away from everything with a little bit or a thousand dollars to your name, moving back in with your parents, you're like, okay, what are we going to do now? I, this is not where I didn't worried about money for, for years. And I started kind of looking into being able to develop those relationships because I saw LinkedIn. I had something, a platform I had played on, but, you know, I really realized there was an underserved platform. People didn't know how to actually build connections. And so that's where I started kind of doing with my own profile, being able to reach out, understand how I would actually communicate to another person comparably how I would sell another person. Mm. And as I continue to be able to go down that path and be able to build out the structure of the company, it really was being able to go in, think about the things that, you know, my mom taught me how to treat other human beings, just do it online in an environment that no one was doing it. I hated cold calling. I hated getting cold calls and cold emails, right? We all do. So why would I do that to somebody else? I wanted to engage with people that engage with me. So if they yep. looked at my profile, yep. they engaged on my content, we were reaching back out and being able to develop these relationships at the same time. I realized that the average person on LinkedIn gets less than 1% engagement on their profiles because they don't understand that platform. So Jules, if you actually put a post on there and I liked and commented on your post and then reached out to it, hey, Jules, man, I saw your post. Yeah. I just want to say thanks for adding value. Yeah. It created these stop gaps in people's patterns and I stood out because they weren't getting that much engagement already. 
and allowed me to be able to build that relationship. And that's kind of where it all started. And then I was able to take them through it through, through scenarios to be able to understand who they are and then provide value from that point forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what you just said, you came to a platform to a starving crowd, basically, who I want to hear your pet hates about LinkedIn, but um, I don't get this as much as some people, but you know, it's instant pitch on the first message, obviously it puts you off. Um, oh, yeah. I also find content to be quite boring and stale. Um, but yeah, before I touch on, I really want to get to say like how you increase that engagement, how you get that yeah. relationship. But I'm also want to hear as well, like what, when you came to LinkedIn, what were those things? You just like rolling your eyes, like, come on guys, oh, come on man. guys. There was no, you man. I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, my goal, look, LinkedIn's a vehicle of what I do. I'm trying to humanize the way we are online, humanize brands, right? And this is the whole piece. People were actually going through, they were using this platform as a resume. They were just talking about themselves 100% of the time. And it was like, man, every single post is a pitch. You know, you don't have to be able to sell. There's more opportunity here. And you guys are real people. You know, you're forgetting to be able to do that. Now, look, LinkedIn's not Facebook. So I, you need to know that I have children, but you don't need to know when they go to school. Right. I mean, like, you know, you get yeah. all the pages like, Hey, it's the first day of school. Like, look, look yeah. I've done it before too, yeah. but you need it because people connect with other people. They relate. You've got to be able to move someone from the door. What I call my door to the couch mentality. Right. Mm -hmm. I knocked on your door, Jules, especially during COVID. You'd be, I'd be like, Hey, I'm Joshua. Like, this is that first pitch, right? When you connect with someone and be like, Hey, I'm Josh. Let me tell you about standing authority. And you know, and you're like, no, thank you. Please. Closing the door. But if I, you've, we have some kind of connection, right? Like we are like, we understand, you know, you're on podcast, I'm on podcast. We kind of go through, we built these, these relationships through sharing genuine content mm -hmm. about who I am as a person, why I run my company and some of the things that I've learned and add value that puts me from your door to the couch. And then I can be like, Hey Jules, what's I, I want to show you this. And I don't have to say more than that. Cause you're going to take it from me. Cause we had that relationship. Like if I was telling you to, I want to sell you a pen, here's this pen I got. And then you're going to ask me, right? So it's about building these relationships. And that's what I saw people not doing. They didn't care. And that's why people go in and go, oh, it's stale. Look, the best content on there. I did a post the other day and I talked about very similar to what you and I are talking about right now, which was the reset of my life, being able to go in and getting rid of paying attention to the dollar signs, but can, you know, paying attention to how you actually connect and build a relationship online and what it took, what I had to go through to be able to understand that, man, the organic reach on LinkedIn is amazing. If you hit that right and you actually share that real connection, I mean, that post has done over 100,000 views and has a couple thousand engagements on it that now I'm turning into opportunity to be able to build relationships with those people. Yeah, like I totally agree with you being vulnerable in those moments. Um, that Obviously, you don't do them all the time. Um, no. they're, they're there for a purpose and just to be scattered. Um, I actually did one of those posts where when I thought I was going to post it, I thought I was going to get judged and shamed, but I actually did the complete opposite. Um, it was, you know, I was a bit, had too much whiskey on a Friday afternoon. And I, was, <laughs> I was a bit upset that I didn't have no time on my client pro, on my own side projects. And I went to YouTube and I found this really inspiring video on just how to get your habits done. And I created a plan yeah. and then, just shit i started creating that plan follow the steps and shit started happening and that was one of the best posts i've ever done just by opening up to how 
raw and just vulnerable to what it was. The important distinction is for the audience though is, you know, it makes sure it's a scar, not like a wound that's just bleeding over LinkedIn. Um, yeah, that's not that's what's, that's cool. not what's going to work, right? They, you want to be able to find those relatability factors. And yeah. this is what humanity, when you allow that to shine through a little bit, it, it draws in that audience. And that's what you want. You don't want to be able to sell someone. You want to be able to connect with someone and you want them to choose you because of based on commonalities. We look at this all the time and in every aspect of our life, we even do this on LinkedIn. You're talking about doing posts, ma'am. You're right. I believe in the 10, 20, 70 method. Okay. Let's hear it. Have you heard of that method before? No, I'm writing it down. 10, 20, 70 method. All right. 10, 20, 70 of content posting. All right. It's 10% of your posts need to be personal, right? I need to understand, be able to allow that human side to be able to shine through, mm-hmm. right? You need to know, as I said, you need to know that I, I have kids. You don't need to know every aspect yeah, of what exactly. their it's lives Facebook. are. Exactly. Right. It's not Facebook. It's nothing. 20% of your posts need to be around your company. But don't tell me how you can help me, right? Don't say, I can, hey, hire me and I can show you how to make seven figures. Mm. Tell me a story. Tell me something that you've actually done for another client, right? People want to be able to see their eye, see themselves in the eyes of your clients. Yeah. That's the hero's and, journey story, basically, in that moment, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to be able to, but you don't want to be that person in the room always talking about yourself, right? This is the whole piece. If you're, every single post is around your company and what you do and what you've done, Look, man, they're going to be like, oh, there's that Josh dude. And he never shuts up about LinkedIn. It's exhausting, right? We don't want to be that person in the room. We've we've seen those guys. So that's where you want to make sure 20% of your content's around your company. Now, the big thing about it is 70% of your content, very similar to what you did on YouTube, right? We're always looking around to be able to find what adds value to our lives. It doesn't always have to be business. We have different aspects. We have things, you know, around mental states, we have health, we have eating, whatever it might be, right? We have some people love to go skiing, other people like to hike, other people like skateboarding, whatever it is, right? There's certain things that are out there. So you want to be an aggregator of value. So 70% of your posts should be curating content that has added value to your life. So let's say I saw one of your podcasts, right? I'd be like, Oh, wow. I, you know, the other day I was listening to Jules, uh, Jules Dan's podcast, Storytelling Secrets. And he had this episode stuck on how to turn social media posts into clients. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I really think you should listen to it because of X, Y, and Z is what I got out of it. And then I'd share the post and link to your, your podcast. So now I'm sharing that content that added value and telling people why it added value to me and why they should check it out as well too. Maybe it's an article from Forbes. Maybe it's something on YouTube. Yep. Be able to be that. And you want to be a destination site, so to speak. You want people to come to you each and every day to be able to find out because you're the curator of content. They don't have to go out and find it because they already relate to you and they know the content that you you pull together and you research and share is exactly what they want to look at as well. So they come back each and every day. Mm-hmm. To- awesome. So just to break down for my audience, the 10, 27, 70 method, 10% is other personal stuff, like the stories that... Um, me and Josh just described before. 20% are those company stories of you working with clients, solving problems, that sort of thing. And then this is the main part, the 70% where you're aggregating value. So you're the one who's going out, finding these things that you think will be beneficial to your audience, obviously putting your own spin on it so it's not just copy-pasted. And then that way people see you as the destination site for value, for expertise. Um, I have a question though. So my mentor always says, 
you can it's um just because you're strategic doesn't mean you're not sincere so when you're picking these pieces of content are you trying to be strategic with what these pieces of content are or are you just generally a curious person who's you know i saw this podcast i'm reading this book saw this article or do you deliberately try and find things that complement you and your brand and something that might resonate with your audience Look, I mean, my wife is, is runs our brand. So believe me, I, I have to be able to stay on, on brand as much as possible, but you know, my brand is being human. So these are those whole pieces. I, I do them to compliment my brand, but they all, that is strategic, right? I mean, I'm going through to be able to make sure that I draw on the audience that resonates with me. I don't want someone to come in and go, Hey, I want to hire you to monetize my, my offer or my product. Look, that's not me, right? If you're just looking to monetize something, look, there's a thousand guys behind me that are going to take your money because that's exactly what they're going to do. But if you have a product or a service that adds value and you want to be able to reach that right audience to build a relationship with them, yeah. I can help them. And by, by putting content that resonates with me and my brand, not only as a human being, but as a company, that's actually going to draw on those right people. They're going to, they're going to have those same values yep. that I'm going to enjoy working with. Not going to go like, you know, Jules, you and I have both had yeah, the calls exactly. like, oh, God, I got to get on the call with someone, you know, we, we've been there. We've all been there. People listening have been there, right? Like, yeah, because yeah. they're like, oh, well, they're paying me. So I'm going to take it. It's so much nicer when you're like, okay, cool. I get to talk to Jules today. This is yeah. going to be amazing. I know exactly what you mean. Um, <laughs> I had some shitty first clients when I first started doing email copy. I actually started doing, you know, right when COVID started, I was doing $5 an hour Upwork stuff. Oh, yeah. Not good. So glad <laughs> I've, I've pulled myself out of that. And like you just said, a lot of the stuff that I do in my content isn't probably 10, 20, 70. I want to try and do that more, but it's just, yeah. it is displaying what you want in a client too. But this is the part I want to follow up on. So do you have certain pillars in that, in that 70% part that, that relate to you and your brand so that you do identify with that ideal client? You know, I, I love that. Right. I mean, this is the whole piece. It's, you know, as I'm kind of looking at some of this stuff, it's, you know, um, the pillars that I kind of defined was when I went through with the reset in my life. And that's where I, my the entire, my, my, my entire healing, my brand, everything kind of go through, you know, I believe as entrepreneurs and as business owners, as human beings, we have to be able to have these people to things to be able to focus. So, you know, I told you like when I, at my pillar, my, what everyone classified as success, mm. it was 45 pounds overweight and I'd never been overweight in my life. My relationships were monetary and I had no vision about where I was going. I just knew where I was at. Everything was either this whole work-life balance. This is why I wrote yeah. my book, work, you know, balance is bullshit. So because there is no balance. So a lot of everything I'm going through, it's around health. It's about building human relationships online and offline. And it's about being able to find a vision. So it's all those different things. And then last, it's about letting other entrepreneurs know that they're not alone, right? And being able to understand that the only way that we can actually truly change this world, add value and rise up is to rise up together. So those are the pillars that I go through. It's health. It's about connecting on on a human level. Mm -hmm. It's about having a vision about where you're going, not just knowing where you're at. And it's about being able to help and connect with other entrepreneurs in this world. Because look, man, I'm going to tell you right now, if people listening don't understand this, we just went through one of the biggest resets in our history going through COVID and everything like that. So whatever going, we thought yeah. the next 40 years was going to be like, man, it's, it's totally shifted. 
we have more power than ever before as entrepreneurs to truly create the next 40 years. And I want everyone to understand that the power that they have in their, in their pen and their email and their video and their social media to truly be able to create an amazing world right now. So this is what I, these are the pillars that I stand for. Okay. Um, that, that's really cool. So we got health vision, um, what your version of success, what you thought it was compared to what it should be. Um, I can't read the rest of my scribbles. <laughs> <laughs> we'll but go yeah. back and rewrite it. We'll put it in the notes. But um, what would you, so those are your ones, but then not everyone's Josh. So what would you suggest right. um, that their pillars might be uh, if they were to brainstorm some things for their, that 70 piece? Pools, man, this is an amazing question. And, and you've really kind of coming through with this, man. It's, it's been great to be able to kind of draw these stories. I can see why you're talking about storytelling secrets as the podcast, because you're bringing out the right things with me. You know, here's the thing. You've got to be able to look at and what makes you you like each one of us has a, a power within us that we feel that drives us and fuels us. Like these are the things when I wake up, right? The, the biggest thing that I see so many people do is they set precedence in their life about things that are outside that are more important than them. So what drives me, what fuels me, man, I thought I, the things that I talk about are the things that I wake up to be able to do each and every day before I reach out to this outside world. I wake up to be able to, you know, I, I work out, I connect with my family, I mm -hmm. meditate, right? To be able to think about where I'm going, these things. So what gives you, what fuels you in your life? And think about these things that add value to you, that gives you the fuel, the fire to be able to push through each and every day and not just push through, man. That makes you happy to be a little bit content with your life yep. and appreciate these things. So that's where you really got to start, look within and go, what fuels me? What gives me fire? Yes. I'm so, I'm so glad you said that because when I first started posting on LinkedIn, it was all about tips, secrets, hacks. And I feel like everyone is just doing that a lot. And I've shifted away from being just another copywriter. Um, and for instance, the other day I saw this, have you seen the white tiger on Netflix? I think so. Remind me. I, I, I don't want to go in and be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Then you're like, well, give me a detail. Then I'm like, <laughs> okay, I won't, go, I, won't, I won't go too deep, but it's this uh, young Indian dude. Um, okay. He's in the servant caste system, like really okay. poor. And he's trying to battle his way out to get to the, um, to out of poverty, basically. Interesting. I, no, I haven't seen that yet, I, a, but I, I'm definitely going to watch it now. And I think is, everyone is too. <laughs> it's an entrepreneur's like, good inspirational movie but anyway he gave this super cool analogy um that was servants are stuck in the chicken coop and he, there was this great visual imagery of the roosters are in this chicken coop one got yeah. pulled out literally got bushed in front of it and he's like the roosters can get out when the opens the door but they choose not to because they learned that there's no hope and that's how 99 percent of the servant cast think and then I walked over the freeway uh, a couple of weeks back and I snapped a photo and I'm like, I saw literally a very nice chicken coop, so to speak, but it was just a traffic jam going home on 4 p.m. on a Friday. And it made me really reflect, gosh, I'm so glad I'm doing my own thing. And right. all the times I feel like I don't feel like doing this, this client's annoying. I'm just like, thank fuck I'm not in the chicken coop anymore. And, uh, I wanted to give people that little bit of hope and inspiration 
And that was a really well-received piece of content. And it made me really think like, you don't always have to be this know-it-all guru who is always giving out tips. Man, look, I'm going to be honest. People go, oh, you're the LinkedIn expert or you're, you're the, the I just got off a phone call. You're a social media guru. Man, look, I just understand, you know, the, the human algorithm. And that's what I'm trying to be able to do. I'm a constant learner. And I want to be able to share that. And that's the biggest piece. Like if I've ever hit expertise level, like I look at that as a glass ceiling, right? That's holding me down. Like that's as best as I can do. No, man, we can always constantly learn, constantly grow, constantly evolve. And there's opportunities. So I don't think anyone's an expert in anything. They're always, even the the smartest people, even Elon Musk, people like that are still constantly trying to learn and educate themselves. So these are the things that we need to understand and do. So yes, you can educate people, but share the share the humanity, right? Like, Jules, here's the thing. If I went in and said to you three names, right? And I and I kind of messed this up because I've already said, but if I said Tesla, Mercedes, and Porsche, mm. what face comes to mind, right? I just said his name, like Elon Musk. Yeah, Musk. Most people couldn't t- could put a face between, behind the other two brands, that have been doing this for centuries, you know, much longer than, than Tesla has been because they don't have that human brand. And this is why people go that way. We're moving into a world where people want to know the face behind a brand. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And and also like, just to piggyback off of what you said, Elon Musk is this like weird dude who's just socially awkward and has all these flaws post post stuff on Twitter about crypto and then causes all this controversy. People love that stuff. I mean, has, has unveils this car and the window freaking breaks, which is supposed oh, yeah, to be yeah. unbreakable. Like that's just, Oh, people love well, the those flaws. You need one, man. You know, they got the entire um, Tesla truck factory getting built here in Austin, Texas. So we're going to have, them, we're going to have those unbreakable windows that, you know, come <laughs> <laughs> or you could have kids just pick up rocks and just like lining up like so. oh i can only imagine when that thing kind of comes out people are like oh look you can't let's see if it really works or not yeah it's gonna be fun <laughs> but these are the these are the things right this is what makes us human it's it's you know we're, we're perfectly imperfect and if you try and be perfect people see through it you do this all the time with email copy i will specifically when i'm building out messaging or go through I'll misspell words, right? I want yep. them to understand that I'm not perfect. I want them to, especially in a social media post, why not, right? I want someone to go and go, hey, Josh, yeah. you spelled that wrong. Spelled I'm like, wrong. oh man, sorry about that. Thanks for the engagement. So it allows that, you know, I can go back and forth. I mean, these are the things that we just need to be able to do. If you're trying to be perfect, there is no perfect. Mate, if you're trying to be perfect, there is no perfect. That's awesome. You know, I do the same thing as well. I occasion not maybe not as strategic like oh i won't capitalize this i i'll make it lowercase just to just to see what people do um yeah but it is true what you said the less hung up you are about it the better off you are um the powerful thing you got man is this right here you get your phone go through make a video i i use uh you know for for especially for linkedin i use a uh a video i use an app called clipomatic oh that's good i use that it's like five bucks, right? And it adds the captions on there and it's great. You don't have, if you overproduce someone in this day and age, people are going to go, unless you're a household name, they're going to go up oh, commercial. This are going to pitch me something yep. real and raw works better than overproduced every single day of the week. Now, mm. 
And tell you what I like about Clippermatic is that you can't go past 60 seconds. So you got to be succinct. <laughs> yeah. Quick, short, sweet to the point. And that's the optimal time on LinkedIn that a video is going to work. People will not, the average time that people spend on LinkedIn is around 17 minutes a week. While you look at something like Facebook, which is 17 minutes a, a, an hour. So, mm. you know, I think it's less than that. I think it's probably 17 minutes a day now, just because people are starting to like not spend as much time on that platform anymore. But yeah. So you want to be, you know, short, concise to the point. So people get to the end of what you're trying to share with them. Yeah. So, so, so true. While we're touching on while they've only been on LinkedIn for 17 minutes, um, I love we could just wrap up, like give some my audience a bit of a takeaway on yeah. how you mentioned before, get them from the door to the couch. Because I think that's really powerful. I think we just touched on the principles, but. We just touched on it. So yeah. let's, let's jump into that really quick and I'll, I'll leave you with this. So, cool. you know, how we actually go through, you know, we talked about it, right? Engage with people that engage with you. I hate cold calling. I hate cold email. So anyone that, you know, engages in your content looks at your profile. LinkedIn's one of the few platforms out there. You can mm -hmm. see when someone actually views your profile. Mm -hmm. This is a stone unturned. Take the opportunity. Reach out to someone. Hey, Jules, I saw you recently checked out my profile. Just wanted to reach out and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Too often we don't appreciate these things. I'll do to connect with you and find out what pushed you to check me out. The reason why I, I, I say thank you is because it's rare in this world that we actually see someone get thanked for looking at your profile or doing or liking your post, right? We're especially on social media, we're in this constant pattern of like, comment, share, post, like, comment, share, post. I create, you can create a stopgap for appreciating something for something they've never appreciated before. That's what moves you from that door to the couch. When you appreciate mm -hmm. someone, you put them, and this is why people call me the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn, is because you give them a dopamine hit. And that's what we're trying to be able to do is be able to put them in a flow state that makes an easy conversation. So I, I appreciate them for doing something they've never been appreciated for. It gets a dopamine hit. From there, you know, we're connecting. And then this is not where I go in. I'm not trying to go in and go, okay, now I'm going to, you know, slime you with some pitch. This is our opportunity to be able to continue that dopamine trail and be able to keep someone in a flow state. We go through and give someone a compliment, a compliment in the way of an endorsement, right? So now I endorse someone. This flips the script too, because we've, they've engaged in our post or looked at our profile. Now we've connected. Now we're going in and to be able, we're giving them a compliment through an endorsement. Mm -hmm. They reach back out. LinkedIn makes it super easy to smash that button that says, Hey, yeah. Jules, thanks so Thank much you. for, uh, for endorsing me for marketing, whatever yeah. it is. Now they're starting the conversation. This, and my mom always taught me, as I told you, a lot of my process is based on what my mom taught me how to do. Don't ever give unsolicited advice, right? You don't want me walking up to your door and going, Hey, Jules, you don't know me, but I'm going to tell you all about LinkedIn. And you're like, yeah. I, I didn't ask. But your profile is shit, Jules. Yeah, you know, this, that's not going to go. Do you want a critique, by the way? Huh? Like your profile is <laughs> shit. Do you want a critique, by the way? Exactly. That doesn't really work. So ask a qualifying question, right? Ask something about someone. So then we go through and ask them a question about themselves or what's going on. I'm big on asking mindset questions because I believe people will actually sit into that rather than going, hey, do you make enough money? Do you have enough clients? Do you need more business? Mm -hmm. People understand that. But if you ask someone, someone like something like, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur or a business owner with an entrepreneurial mindset? That makes them think, where are they at? Because that gives you an A, B answer or even a silent C, which is, no, I work for somebody else. Now you know where someone is so you can provide value of where they're at. 
And now you can basically provide value. So this is taking them. You're basically walking with them from the door, from them engaging yep. to your couch. And then you're, remember I said, I just have to show you something once we're sitting on the couch and you're like, oh, you'll take it from me and you'll ask me about it. And when you so this show- is how we actually go through and do that. Okay. And, and when you're showing them on the couch, how do you do that elegantly? So it's not like, here's my freebie, so sign up to my you list. Me you're not, let's say you told me you're an entrepreneur. Wow, that's amazing. I deal with a lot of people in that space. Um, you know, specifically, I'd love to invite you to an exclusive webinar, right? Or, you know, you can be able to show them that. Or if you want to, if you have time for a phone call and you have a team or something like that, you can go, man, Jules, that's an amazing way to be thinking that you can see yourself an entrepreneur. I'd love to understand more. Do you have a couple of minutes just to jump on a phone call and tell me more of your thinking of why you consider yourself an entrepreneur comparably to a business owner? Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you get on a phone call. Well, this is the way. We're not going in and not going, hey, Jules, I'm going to tell you everything about me when we get on a phone call. I'm having a phone call and I'm making it about you. People love to talk about themselves. So when you do that, you and I meet for the first time. You tell me about what you've got going on, why you think you're an entrepreneur. We've been conditioned through just human nature. Once two people meet, one person talks, they go, Josh, man, I just heard all about you. What do you got going on these days, man? Now that wall that we all put up of being sold has been taken down. Now you're invited in and now you can actually just share information. And if it makes sense, it draws them in. There's an opportunity created. And, and that's how you recommend for yourself or for your clients as well. We do it. It all depends on the different client, right? We have yeah. some clients that, that provide them to a webinar to educate. We have some clients that have a PDF, right? Yeah. Be able to say, here's information to be able to go in. We have others that want to be able to ask them to jump on a phone call to be able to talk more about where they're at based on their answer. Yeah. But that question, you have to understand what you have. Let's say they're the, not the right client. The biggest thing that you cannot do is when someone answers your qualifying question and they give you the answer that you don't want to hear, which is like, Oh, that's not my client. You don't want to give them silence, right? Mm -hmm. This is where we usually have people kind of go, you, you hear crickets and you're like, okay, well, I guess that conversation that you always want to leave with value. People always say you want to lead with value. That's great. People get that. When you leave with value, you leave a lasting impression. And that person, even if they're not a client right now, they become an advocate of yours. And they have the potential to be able to tell 10 other people about you. Or when they are ready, come back to you to ask for about your services. Yeah. So, so true. Um, Not being rude or arrogant or just being silent at the end, like you just said, where it's just, it could be a long-term opportunity just waiting to cook. In, over the yeah, long you've got opportunities that are going to come in right away. And then you've got the other ones that are long tail that, you know, will come down the line and you're just curating this, this entire, you know, experience of this building relationships that will turn into massive opportunity. We see it each and every day. Yeah. And that question that you asked, are you an entrepreneur or you're an entrepreneur who's focused A on business mind- owner with an entrepreneurial mindset? Yeah. So is that something that you just do for your brand or is that something, is that a qualifying flow state I've done question. those for different I mean everything's different right that's one that's a question that we actually developed for one of our clients Dan Sullivan a strategic coach so and he's been a he's been in the world for 30 years he's one of the few people that I've ever allowed to be able to quote unquote play him online so to speak yeah because um, we come in for our clients and we we take over their LinkedIn experience and, and curate these opportunities yep okay so everyone's that, different, right? Everyone's yeah, yeah. qualifying question is different. You have to understand who your audience is. Sometimes people might want to be, you know, we have people in financial space, you know, 
do you know, and they look for your know, questions around how they think about wealth. It's just understanding that, you know, trying to be able to figure out that right qualifying question, it gets someone to be able to respond with an answer, not just yes or no. Yeah. That actually facilitates an opportunity for conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, the reason why I ask is I wanted your feedback on my question. Um, yeah. My opening question, I use a voice note because I just find it just to be just the best media, curiosity, it's personal. And I ask them, what's your key focus um, with your email list right now? Open-ended. Um, obviously only Very about five, right? five to 7% would probably respond with something. Yeah. But the that's ones that five do, to 7%. What if you could get out more than that? What if you could have 50% people responding, right? This gives you more opportunity. Mm. So I would highly suggest that you're actually putting in a conversation. You know, if you're looking at it, you know, you know, are you effective email list? It's, you know, I work with a lot of different people these days with their email list. Are you actually getting, you know, 50% open rates or are you getting less than 50% open rates, right? More than 50% or something like that, right? More than 10%, less than 20%. Hmm. You want to give them an A or B answer that makes it easy for them to respond, right? Are you get, being yeah. able to attract the right clients or do you seem to, to continue to be able to attract the wrong clients? You know, because this is all, you know, being able to give, if you just leave it open-ended, people actually have to think, think. yeah, right? And you and I both know if they pause in their pattern, you potentially lost more than half of those people. So how do you make it as easy as possible? A, B, there's always a silent C in there too, they can provide, but you wanna be able to give them something that you can easily spot and notice. Oh, well, I've got an open rate of this, right? I have it less than, boom, that's easy. You can be able to craft a response that allows you to be able to build a very strong funnel. I think that, oh, that is just absolutely gold, that framework there, because that is just gonna solve, I think a lot of people's problems is like, I'm asking these open-ended questions because I think it would get really qualified answers. But what you just said at the beginning of a conversation, we don't want that necessarily. Actually, we just want to keep the conversation starting, getting them from the door to the couch. And then that's when you have your little mini invitation once you've built that rapport. And, Julie, and you've let's given say that someone gives you a long response. Let's say someone comes in and gives you a super long response, right? And then you're just, they give you too much information. And now you don't have nowhere to go because- mm-hmm they've just unloaded on you. So now you're just like, um, but you didn't answer the question. You didn't, I didn't get even, you don't got, even know where yeah. to start because they gave you too much information now. So now it's, it becomes an awkward conversation of trying to dissect that information. <laughs> so it's much easier to be able to get those small size bites yep. to be able to understand how to be able to take someone to, to maybe be able to provide them the value that they need, not just want. Yeah, I, I think it's so, so critical. Josh, I want to wrap this up. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you've got a freebie to wait, wait, you don't have a freebie to give out, but do you have, you want a freebie? I got you a freebie, brother. Okay. Could you, could you, uh, what's the best place to find me? And if you've got a freebie to, to promote to my audience that might help them from today's conversation, uh, go ahead. Yeah, man, of course. So, you know, at the same time, find me on LinkedIn. The biggest thing I want you to be able to do is if you reach out to LinkedIn, send me a personal message. Don't just send me a blank connection request. Tell me one thing you learned about this, you know, this podcast. Tell me something that you love about Jules, right? Why you tune into his podcast? Because then I can share it back to Jules and be like, dude, these are some of the responses that we got to why people listening to you all the time. Now, if you want a freebie to go in, um, we created this for Clubhouse, but it's an amazing freebie for everyone. If you go to joshuabelee.club, you can actually get a download PDF, not only invited to our community, but you can get a free PDF of how to rock your profile. Jules, you were talking about if your profile shit or not. 
<laughs> Guess what, man? Go get the PDF. I'll send it over to you. And that'll give you a breakdown really quickly and easily how to be able to rock that out with no question at all. You'll never have to worry about it again. Interesting. We'll have to get you a bit later on in the year once Clubhouse is a bit more matured. I haven't really touched on it yet, but um, yeah, keen to see where that social media platform goes. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty interesting to be able to see it. I mean, I'll tell you, in you know, the three months or less that I've been on that platform to be able to gain almost 40,000 followers in that time frame has been phenomenal. And it's actually added value, not just on that platform, but for Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So we're seeing a, a, a big effect of the, the, the audio influencer as, we're, as we, we so call it so right now. Mm, interesting. You've opened a loop for my mind the next time. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, thanks for coming on so to Storytelling Secrets. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for so much for having me, my friend. As today's podcast with Joshua B. Lee. If you want to go connect with him on LinkedIn, the dopamine deal himself. I'm going to leave that in the show notes below. Um, and he also had his, I know we weren't talking about Clubhouse today, but I asked him, do you have a freebie to give my audience? And he said, if you're interested in creating a killer profile for Clubhouse, he's he's got that PDF guide for you. It's called uh, at joshuablee.club. I'll, I'll link that before you in the, for you in the show notes. But other than that, thank you for tuning in to Storytelling Secrets. If you enjoyed today's podcast, share it with a mate. Go to iTunes, go to Spotify, go wherever you listen to it. I'll leave a review, give me a thumbs up. Send me a message on LinkedIn or send me an email. Tell me how much you enjoy the show. I love those little messages. Other than that, thanks for tuning in this week. I'll see you next week for the podcast. Bye for now.